I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It greatly helps out the show, and it's much appreciated. Also, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's Conspiracy with a K. Also, follow me on YouTube at Conspiracy Kyle, once again with a K. Now on to the show. This episode is titled, May the 4th, Live. Welcome to Conspiracy in the Force podcast live on May the 4th, the, I guess, unofficial Star Wars holiday. So thank you all for joining. Um, Spiritual Gangstar, Seek for Truth 420, Captain Rumwood, NJ Unique. Good to see everybody. Thank you for, for stopping in for a little bit. Cud Colin, good to see you. Um, thanks, everybody, for being here. Um, if you aren't familiar with who I am, my name is Conspiracy Kyle. I do a podcast called Conspiracy in the Force, which... I do once or twice a week, kind of depending, um, and what I talk about is the Star Wars universe and kind of um, through a lens of, you know, different conspiracies and things going on in our world and different parallels that I can draw between um, this world and that, um, <clears throat> and, you know, I touch on a little bit of symbolism here and there, but mostly um, I'm talking about kind of, you know, the grandiose themes that go on in Star Wars and are, are parallels to things in, in our world, you know, things like, things like communism, um, the rise of totalitarian governments is one that I've been talking about a lot more recently, uh, as far as, you know, in the prequel trilogy, uh, this dictatorship rose up out of nowhere and became, uh, the galactic empire out of something that was once, once good and pure and for lack of a better term and turned it into something that was, um, evil. So, in the prequel trilogy, you definitely see how that republic devolves into what it becomes in the future, in the in the um, original Star Wars trilogy, which is, you know, my my bread and butter, what I grew up on. So, um, if you want to check out my podcast, Conspiracy in the Force, you can find it anywhere: Apple, Google, Spotify, Podbean, etc. So, uh, I'd love for you to come check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, you know, topics, advice, any any thoughts you have on it would definitely be be hugely helpful to me. So. Um, 
I didn't really have a specific agenda for today, but I kind of just want to talk about, you know, my thoughts about about Star Wars in general, just as a as a franchise and kind of what it's meant to be meant to me over the years. And and feel free to if you have you know feelings about, um, hey Kyle, good to see you. <clears throat> if you have thoughts about you know what the franchise means to you or anything you know you think about about Star Wars, how it how it has affected your life, you know, feel free to chime in, chime in in the chat. So. Um, <clears throat> Hey Kyle, happy May the Fourth to you as well. To you as well. So, Star Wars has really always had a, a strong place in my heart since I was, you know, in my early, early teens. I would say, um, up until that point. So it's probably like you know, 1995, something to that effect. So up until that point, I had been into all different kinds of. Yes, uh, Kyle in the chat makes a great quote. Star Wars is fake and gay now. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Disney has. Has has done a lot to make the franchise more woke. Um, so we'll see how that we'll see how that progresses in the in the future. Um, if you haven't, go check out um, Kyle and Puds and the Big Dumb Podcast. Um, Ransom underscore Man here on Instagram. Great great podcast. I was on there a few weeks ago, just shooting the shit about Star Wars and all kinds of stuff. We didn't really dive into many conspiracies, but just kind of talk about you know the franchise in, in general. So. Uh, go check out his podcast. It's called The Big Dumb Podcast. Really, really good stuff. So <clears throat> up until, you know, I started getting into Star Wars, I was into all kinds of different stuff, right? There was um, Ninja Turtles and, uh, shoot, I can't even remember what was what was cool back then. You know, Mario, Super Mario, all that kind of stuff. You know, I was into a lot of that stuff and it kind of came and went. And when Star Wars came around, it was really something that kind of came out of nowhere for me. It was... It was a, it was the, it was a true, a true hero's journey, and you know what I mean by that, is that it, it, and you see this, this happens a lot in, in most movies, and I think in Star Wars it was very pure in how they rolled this out. Was you know you take a character that starts out at point A and goes to point B, C, D, E, etc. Um, they start out you know yearning for something in the future. They go through some trials and tribulations along the way. And then they end up, you know, at, at a point being a better person in the future. I think you can see that with a lot of films. You can, you can kind of put any any film into that um, or, or, or book series, etc. methodology. Um, you know, like like uh, Lord of the Rings, right? Like like Frodo is living in this little small village and he goes on an adventure and, and, and you know, he goes from here to there. So I, I, can't, I kind of really um, I kind of really caught on to, you know, this story of Luke Skywalker um, kind of, he was like kind of this isolated farm boy living out in the middle of nowhere, wanted to do something big with his life and was able to, to get there. Um, and I, I kind of, I kind of latched onto that a little bit. You know, I wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't that I didn't have any friends. Um, I mean, I, I had, I had some friends, but at the same point I was kind of a, a bit of a loner and I think I still kind of am to, to a certain extent. I'm sure my, my wife would, would attest to that. Um, so I kind of I kind of understood his his sort of isolation and in, in wanting to kind of get out into a larger a larger universe and um, the, the struggles and things that go along with that. So I, I definitely use Luke Skywalker as a proxy of something that kind of I wanted to be in the future to make myself a to make myself a better person to open up about things to go through trials and tribulations and come out on the other side. So um, that's kind of what what Star Wars means to me. 
Um, I'd be curious if anybody else has any thoughts in the chat about, you know, what Star Wars means to them or, you know, really, really anything. Feel free to, to chime in in the chat, favorite characters, favorite movies, favorite, favorite whatever. I mean, there, it, it's so, it's such a broad universe. I think it, uh, I think it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So feel free to chime in in the chat if you have any thoughts about that. <clears throat> um, so uh, just kind of a few little things I wanted to talk about today. Um, not really anything really structured. Uh, I started watching the Star Wars animated series that just came out today called The Bad Batch. Uh, if you aren't familiar, it's if if you haven't seen the Clone Wars animated series, it's kind of a, a sequel to that, which takes place during the prequel era. Um, so what happens is, if you're familiar with you know the prequels, the the clone army that is developed by well developed by the Republic, which ends up being you know the stormtroopers in the future. Um, and then they turn on the Jedi and kill them all. <clears throat> During this cloning process, and this is kind of interesting, and I need to do a deep dive in the future about about this kind of stuff and the scientific stuff behind you know the cloning. And I touched on it on a podcast a while back, but I want to I want to go back to it again. During the cloning process, what happens is they were they were um, creating clones from one single donor source, and what they did is they sped up the the process of that so that they would they would fully reach adulthood in half the time, right? So if they, if they, if you want to be, to be 35 years old, it'll take, you know, 17 and a half years for them to get there. So they had this, and this process started a long, a long time ago. So they, so by the time the Clone Wars came about, um, <laughs> Captain Rumwood said, Luke is, is better than Mary Sue Ray. I 100% agree with you there. <clears throat> um, so, so this cloning process they took this clone Jango Fett, who was Boba Fett's dad, and they they started doing this, these these cloning ex- experiments. And then Palpatine had implanted this device within them, huh? A microchip. Has anybody ever heard of anything about microchips before? It's a really strange concept. I wonder if anything like that has ever happened in our world. Total sarcasm. So he he implanted them with I don't know if it was a microchip or something, but um, at a certain point it would flip a switch, this Order sixty six, and they would turn on the Jedi, kill the Jedi. And Palpatine would be able to to take over. And actually, recently, a little little side note here. Recently, I've been thinking about this whole Order sixty six thing, and it's it's a lot it's a lot akin to I think gun control in all in our world. Um, if you think about it, the Jedi were the strongest and most powerful beings in the universe. And when Palpatine decided to take those out. Um, that was the only thing that was protecting the every, everyday average citizens from the tyranny of the Galactic Empire. Very similar to in our world, you know, um, gun contr- guns in general allows the people to have the power and the, and the government knows that they really can't physically oppress too, too far because they know where all the, where all the guns and all the ammunition and all that kind of power lies. It's, it's with the people. Uh, very similar in Star Wars when you think about the Jedi they they were the ones helping everybody out they were the one they were called the, the keepers of peace right uh so whenever palpatine took them out there was nothing protecting the average everyday citizens from the tyranny of the empire and that's why they were able to to take over so so well so anyways so that, that was just a quick side note there about about the the order 66 that i've been thinking about recently so anyways back to the cloning process so during this cloning process uh, as you can imagine with any scientific experiment there were some aberrations or mutations or 
what's the new thing they're saying about COVID? It's the new, the new variation. So in this cloning process, there were several clones that came out of, of, the, of, the, of the chemical process, uh, well, I guess incorrect or not, not specifically aligned with what they were supposed to do with their objectives. Um, some, and they all had, they each had five different, each of them had a different attribute. One of them was very smart. One of them was good with machinery, this, this, and that. So anyways, that's what this Bad Batch series is about. It's about these five clones that have all these different abilities that other clones don't, but they each have kind of a specialized, a specialized thing. But anyways, um, I won't, I won't spoil too, too much about, about the show because I only started watching a little bit of it this morning. Um, and then my kids woke up and I, you know, had to take care of them, you know. Damn kids. I love them to death. Anyways, uh, so this series takes place right as the Order 66 thing is, is happening in the, this Bad Batch uh, group. They're on, they're on a mission and they see the clone troopers turning on the Jedi and killing the Jedi. And they're really not affected by that Order 66 programming. So they're kind of like at a loss. Like, well, what the hell is going on? They have a little bit of something. Like, they're kind of conflicted um, because they, they aren't necessarily cut in that same mold. So that's kind of, it seems where, where it's heading from there is I think they're trying to figure out uh, what's going on. And, you know, a little interesting side note that they mentioned about like the whole transhumanism aspect. One of those, one of the members of the, of the Bad Batch, I forget his name, he says, well, well, what the heck? What, what, why wasn't I specifically affected? And he's like, what? The, the other guy's like, well, it's because you've had all these cybernetic enhancements, whatever. So you're essentially more machine than man, which is, if you recall back to the original Star Wars movies, that's what Obi-Wan said about Darth Vader. He's more machine than man. So they tell this clone, well, you're more machine than man now. So that programming didn't really affect you. And he's like, oh, great. And I, th I, think, I think that's a sentiment that I think we all feel about being more machine than man is that it's <laughs> great. It, it, yeah, to, to some people, to the, to the elite, that's a great thing. Maybe we're more robotic. Maybe we're more able to be controlled. But to a certain extent, uh, we don't really want to to live in that robotic type body, robotic type world. So, um, <clears throat> so hey, thank you to everybody who's been joining recently. Um, I'm just kind of, I don't have an agenda. I'm just kind of going over some different things. I'm, I'm thinking about Star Wars um, <clears throat> here on, on May the 4th. So feel free to chime in in the chat if you have anything to say about Star Wars or just want to listen in or, or what have you. Don't forget about Baby Yoda in the background there, my main man. Moif got me this for Christmas last year. A local artist painted this. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I want to kind of show you a few things I was looking at earlier today. Um, I don't know if anybody out there ha is really big into <clears throat> into art, but um, I'm, I'm, I've started collecting all the art of Star Wars books. So here's the art of Force Awakens. Here's the art of Empire Strikes Back. I just got this one. It's the art of the Mandalorian. So I'm starting to dig through some of these and kind of see what, what different symbolism and different things are in there that, you know, maybe, uh, <clears throat> you know, are they showing any type of occult symbolism, other kinds of things in there? So I'll probably do an episode in the future about the symbolism between there. But a few things I kind of wanted to to point out that I noticed as I was kind of looking through these. And you kind of see this sim symbolism uh, in the film here. So this is the uh, art of The Empire Strikes Back. Um Everybody remembers this this very famous scene where um, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader um, meet on this huge catwalk, you know, way above Cloud City, and they have that famous duel. And then he says, you know, I'm your father, da 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 da. 
And it's and it's crazy, but it's a crazy fight between father and son, which Luke doesn't really know at the time. And it's on this crazy catwalk, you know, suspended in the middle of nowhere. And I was looking um, in the then I was looking in the Force Awakens uh, visual. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Force Awakens art of book here, and it, it drew a sp stunning rev um, reflection of this scene here from from the uh, <clears throat> Force Awakens where Kylo Ren and um, Han Solo met on on a catwalk very similar very similar kind of thing to Luke and Vader once again another um, encounter between father and son and you know you can get a, con a conspiracy when you talk about what happened there because Kylo Ren ended up killing Han Solo you know spoiler alert from six years ago if you hadn't seen it um, as far as cutting cutting the younger generation off from the older generation it's kind of part of the the communist agenda if you've ever read 1984 one of the things that the the powers that be wanted to do was have the kids rat out the parents if they were thought criminals or were thinking about the government incorrectly for the kids to rat out the adults because the kids were so brainwashed at that point so kind of a similar thing when you're talking about um, children snitching on their kids or you know in this case outright murdering their their parents so kind of a similar similar communist socialist type me methodology there but one thing I wanted to um, use this as kind of an, an encouraging point, I, and I've probably brought this up bef before my podcast or, or live streams or something. This scene right here from The Force Awakens um, with Han and Kylo on this catwalk, there's a lot of great symbolism here in the movie. Um, as you can see from, from the, the top of the screen there, you see this light shining in. And what's happening uh, concurrently is that they're 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 fronting an offensive against this uh, Star Killer base, and Star Killer base is what they're trying to do is how this base operates is that it 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 takes all the uh, it takes all the vegetation and all the earth and everything and it turns it into a weapon in itself. So it it like blocks out the sun and it uses the sun and all the environment and all the trees as as its fuel to create this super laser weapon. So at this point, you can see um, as this fight's about, as this is about to go down, that there's a, a little bit of light shining on um, on both of them there. And one of the characters says a great quote. I think it's uh, it might be Poe Dameron or someone, but says, "You know what? As long as there's still light, we still have a chance." And I think that's great because you notice as Han Solo gets killed, that light is extinguished in in more ways than in more ways than one. But Anyways, I think that I think that's a great line there. One of one of the few things that I thought um, <clears throat> the the sequel trilogy did, did right, and um, yeah, I'll get back to Captain Rumwood. I'll get back to your comments here in a second about <clears throat> Gina and uh, the Han and Luke. Um, I, I, but I think it's a great point that you know, as long as there's light, we still have hope. Um, I think the world seems very dark to a lot of people right now, and <clears throat> you know, I, I'm prone to saying, oh well, you know, everything's over. This new world order thing is going to happen. The totalitarian government is here. We have no chance. We have no choice. We have nothing. But there's always hope as long as there is light. And that light can be physical. That light can be spiritual. That light could be within us, etc. So just you know, keep hope alive and um, try to do your best to influence the people you can within your circle and you know, with, with who we talk to here in, in social media. <clears throat> um, here, so I want to address a few... 
a few comments here, um, Captain Rumwood. Rumors that Gina Carano, Carano might return to The Mandalorian. Yeah, I've been seeing these as well. I really hope it comes true um, for, for a few reasons. For one, she's an, she's an amazing actress. I know you're not supposed to say actress. I know you're supposed to say actor, but she's a woman. She's an actress. There's a man and a woman. You know, it's it, sorry. Get woke. Go broke, Disney. I really hope that she comes back because she, she, she kicks ass and she's just an amazing character and she, she does a great job. So I hope she comes back for that reason. And for two, I want Disney to realize that they can't just cancel language that they don't deem appropriate. Uh, what she said, I 100% believe, believe in. It was, I don't, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was, it was to the effect of one of the reasons the Nazis took over is because like neighbors were ratting on other neighbors. Um, it had nothing to do with like the Nazi party itself. It was everyday people fighting and bickering amongst themselves. And I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, so forgive me if I got that a little bit wrong. But um, I want Disney to realize that, and, and obviously they're not going to really truly realize it in, in, a, in a great way, but I want them to understand that there's a huge contingent of people out there who, who believe what she said was true. And there's a huge contingent of people out there that, that don't agree with what she said. But that doesn't matter. We're talking about a character in a fictional universe. We need to take a little bit of that out of it to a certain extent. I mean, there's, there's uh, you know, actors and actresses who committed way worse things than, than Gina that have been in positions of power for, for far longer and have been able to act in, in various roles in, in many, 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 many years. I'm talking directors, actors, producers, etc. This is very minor in the grand scope of what all Hollywood has been involved with. So... Um, I, I, yeah, I do hope she, I do hope she comes back because I, I know there's a spinoff series too about, oh, I forget the exact name of it, but <clears throat> it's kind of more galactic, almost like police, uh, police force. I, I'm, I'm, I'm botching the name terribly, but she was, she was made like a captain or a general or, or something. So it was going to be, um, almost like guardians of the guardians of the galaxy for, for lack of a better term. But so I hope she comes back for, for that reason as well. And then Captain Rumwood here. I, I hated the way that Disney mistreated both Han and Luke. Um, I would, I would, I'll agree with you on the Luke aspect. And I think Mark Hamill, if you if you've watched the behind the scenes of the Last Jedi, he even goes into it, and, I, and he he kind of doubles back on it a few times. But um, if you didn't, uh, I'm kind of going all over the place here. But if you didn't like the Last Jedi, um, one thing I would recommend is to watch the 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 companion documentary that came along with it. I think it was called The Director and the Jedi. In my opinion, it was almost better to watch that than, than the film itself um, because it, it helped me to at least appreciate, while I didn't love love the movie, it helped me to appreciate a lot of the stuff that went into it um, and and understand more about, about Ryan Johnson, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. But in that documentary, Mark Hamill even says that he talked to Ryan Johnson like he fundamentally did not agree what they were doing with his character. And I think he ultimately ended up saying, you know, well, so be it. I'll I'll kind of toe the company line for 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 a little bit of it here. But I yeah, I do definitely think they they did that wrong. Um, um, I mentioned him him earlier, uh, Kyle Rainey from the Big Dumb podcast. Uh, me and him and his uh, <clears throat> other co-host Puds had a conversation about about that a few weeks ago. And I think what would have helped that movie out well, the sequel trilogy in general, is if you would have also seen Luke at the height of his power, 
training Jedi in that Jedi temple. You see flashback sequences of it, of when he had was trying to confront Kylo Ren and, and so on and so forth. But I think if you would have seen him at the height of his power there, you would have been able to see him at that low level as well. I just, I don't think we ever really got to see him at the height of his power like, like we should have. And I'm not talking about what people say, like, oh, we should have seen him bring Star Destroyers out of the sky and all this. Like, you know, we really needed to see him in a, in a true Yoda role, not like a curmudgeonly a-hole who failed at training his nephew and then, you know, went and just hid in isolation while the universe went to shit. I think that's a, I think that's a terrible, <clears throat> I think it's a terrible lesson. Now, I will say with, with Han Solo... Um, I know, I know for a fact that Harrison Ford did not want to be back for the entire trilogy. Even if you go back and look at behind the scenes stuff from the original trilogy, it, it was even uncertain if he was going to come back for Return of the Jedi. So that's why, um, and it, and it kind of ruins it a little bit knowing some of the behind the scenes stuff, but that's one of the reasons why they put him in Carbonite is because they knew, well, they didn't know what the contract situation was going to be. And if they kind of, you know, put him on ice, for lack of a better term, what they were planning on doing is if for some reason he didn't come back for the third movie, what they would do is they would basically flip the, flip the scenes of the, of, of the Return of the Jedi movie. And this is kind of what I've been hearing over the years. You know, in the, in the beginning of Return of the Jedi, he, they go to Jabba's palace, they rescue Han Solo, then they, then they go to Endor and et cetera. If if Harrison Ford chose not to come back in a full role, hey Red Cyber forty five, how's it going? <clears throat> if if Harrison Ford didn't choose to come back as a full in a full role for Return of the Jedi, what they would have done is had him just show up, be an, a, be a cameo, and they would have had all the Endor stuff first, and then at the very end, um, I, I I don't I would say almost like quasi like you know with um, what Marvel does with those post credit sequences, but really just kind of at the very tail end of the movie. That's when they would go rescue Han Solo, and he would just play a very brief cameo in it. So, <clears throat> so that's one of the reasons that um, they they put him on ice in in Empire Strikes Back because he, he, of, of the big three of Han, Luke, and Leia. Um, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher signed on for all three movies. He was he just signed he just did a contract for each movie individually because you know his career was starting to pick up. Right, he was doing Indiana Jones, and he was had a bunch of other stuff in the works as well. So. He so getting back to the, to the point about how Disney treated Han, I don't think Harrison Ford was willing to sign on for the entire trilogy, just like he wasn't willing to sign on for the original trilogy. So in the sequel trilogy, I think what they told him, or I'm sorry, what he told them is like, listen, I'll be in it, but you have to kill me off. You know, I'm not I'm not sticking around this whole time. And I think he even wanted that to happen to Han Solo in the original trilogy as well, because after they rescue him. Um, I mean, he helps them out on Endor, but like his his story doesn't really plateau or go anywhere. It just kind of is kind of a straight line after that. I think he felt that if they killed him off, it would have been a better a better story, a better ending for that for that character. So I think what happened is they they, they he said, "Hey, I I don't want to uh, I don't want to be in the entire trilogy. <clears throat> so just have me on have me on for a little bit here, and then we'll um, we'll go from there." Kyle, hey, sorry, working. How long are you going live for? Um, I'm probably going live for another 10, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, hey, Kyle, would you like to uh, to hop on and chat? <clears throat> Not sure if you're if you're able to where you are, but if you want to, let me know and I can I can bring you in here in the chat.
so anyways, um, that's kind of a few a few thing, ways I think about Han and Luke. And, and I'll say the other uh, Harrison Ford thing, it was surprising to me when they brought him back in The Rise of Skywalker as that, I don't want to say Force Ghost, I would just say Vision. Because I thought that was a really, a really cool, <clears throat> a really cool nod. I think what they had intended to do was have um, Carrie Fisher <clears throat> be that vision to him and to help him, him turn back. But I think it was almost more impactful, you know, seeing the vision of the person he killed and that person essentially forgiving him. And there's kind of, you know, mixed theories about what that actually was, but I think it's it's clear to me that it was Leia through the Force projecting that presence to Kylo Ren. I don't want to say it was like, a, you know, a, a trick, but it was basically he had to come to terms with that in order to, to, to see the light and, and turn around, which he eventually did. And she was able to use her all of her energy and all of her um, all her essence to do that. Very similar to in The Last Jedi, how Luke used all his energy to project, project himself to that other planet to to help the uh, to help the resistance get away and you know live to fight another day. So um, so that so that's more so that's a little bit about about the Harrison Ford and about the <clears throat> about the Mark Hamill stuff. Um, so I will be doing uh, an episode here in the next few days on on a topic that I found pretty interesting. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about Mr. Jar Jar Binks. I, for one, wasn't... I was kind of a fan of him at the beginning when I first saw him. You know, I was, I was, in, I was a teenager at the time, and he was just kind of this funny, quirky character. To my, in my opinion, no different than R2-D2, C-3PO, something like that. And then, kind of, if I got a little older, I kind of, I kind of got in with that group that's like, "Oh, Jar Jar is terrible. Jar Jar ruins Star Wars. The prequels ruin Star Wars." I kind of got, um, got in with that crowd a little bit. But, but now that I'm a little bit older, now that I have kids, I'm like, this is kind of just a. He's just kind of a fun, a fun, goofy little character. And you have to have those goofy characters like Jar Jar in Star Wars too, to kind of break up a lot of the, a lot of the really, uh, dark themes that you see. Um, throughout Star Wars, and I think that's why you needed C-3PO and R2-D2 as well, because they provide a little bit of that comic relief when you're talking about these intense themes about the Force and the dark side and all, all this stuff. I think it's a great, <clears throat> I think it's a great thing to have. Um, let me think. Let me think what else I have here. I do appreciate everybody, everybody joining in. Um, it's it's been. I've I've been having a lot of fun here on Instagram, sharing stuff, sharing memes, talking with a lot of people on here. A little, um, a little non non Star Wars uh, topic here. So, yesterday, hey Logical One Eighty, um, something I had posted on Instagram yesterday that I got a lot a lot of feedback on, and I appreciate everybody who who commented. And there's kind of a lot of different opinions and thoughts about this. Um, I received notification from my work via email that said, hey, we know that you haven't gotten the, the vaccination. And we want to, if you, if you got it through other means, blah, 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 let us know. I work in healthcare, so it's, maybe it's a little bit more different than other industries. We have they have to meet certain requirements and stuff. But anyways, it's not mandatory right now, 
<clears throat> like the flu the flu shot the flu vaccine is mandatory which which sucks i'm trying to find a way to get to get out of that in the future but the the covid vaccine is not mandatory but they're they're asking people to share their anonymous thoughts in a survey about why they're not why they haven't gotten and why they plan to not get it in the future so i put that all out a lot of people on instagram and i'd be curious if anybody in in the chat here has any any thoughts or comments uh, about it it's a tricky it's a tricky thing for one anytime i see you know give your especially when when you're talking about work you know uh give your thoughts on this anonymous survey about you know your coworkers or your boss or the organization in general there's there's no way in my mind that that's anonymous um i get that they want that they say that that maybe it's not some information is blinded but still your ip address is not blinded you know your computer name that it's coming from is not blinded so there's no way that they can say that it's it's um <clears throat> that it's anonymous and and Felicity says yeah we shall see the side effects in the mass in due time. Yeah, we, we're going to see, I, I truly believe we're going to see side effects of this probably within the next year or two. I don't know the exact, I don't know the exact date that, that it, that it, um, <clears throat> that it'll happen, but I think it'll happen in the future and it'll be blamed on all of us who, who didn't get the vaccine. I'm sure uh, logical 180, when did our health become public data? Exactly. I don't, I don't think it's anybody's, I don't think it's anybody's, uh, any anybody's problem anybody's you know anybody should be involved in in what we do about our about our own health i thought it was always you know my body my choice so i should be able to do the same thing with this experimental vaccine that they rushed to market within a year with not a lot of testing and <clears throat> clinical testing not really being done for the next two to three years so who knows if you're going to be <clears throat> in the experiment i mean i think we're all in the experiment i just think we're all in that control group we're all in that placebo group right now so it'll be interesting to see what that <clears throat> what what happens with that in the future and yeah I, I do think that a lot of there's gonna be a lot of effects of this in the in the future and i think a lot of people are already starting to see um <clears throat> social effects of this a lot of people are starting to not be invited to you know good friends i know aren't being invited to family gatherings now because they haven't gotten the vaccine or they haven't made the vaccine a priority and even people that I wouldn't have personally thought um, would be all about the vaccine, have been getting the vaccine. Uh, so it's a little disheartening that people are so quick to do that, especially when there's not really a need. Because of, if you look at the data, it's like 99.7% of people have recovered from it, you know, of, of a certain age. You know, older people, maybe it moves down a little bit. But I think overall, there's really not... There's really not an issue. There's really not a mass need to do this. And it's in if you've looked on Twitter, Instagram, things like that, the powers that be are really flailing at this point for for to try to get people to do this. I mean, my God, they're offering people beer, they're offering people free rides, they're offering people donuts. Like they're they're trying to 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 dangle whatever carrot they can to get more and more people to get the vaccine. And I, I'm. I, I think I'm I'm kind of proud that not as much of the population has got it as I as I thought. I think last I checked, if anybody wants to comment in, hey, the Madden Cages, may the fourth be with you as well. Appreciate it. If anybody has seen any of this data or any of these numbers, let me know. I mean, I don't know how reliable they are, but I mean, I think they like said like maybe a third of the country has gotten the vaccine. But I think the number, and then the, I saw that the numbers of people who have gotten the second vaccine 
has dropped dramatically because I think everybody in here in this listening after the fact can attest to the fact that you know at least one person that got the vaccine that felt like absolute shit afterwards. You know, I know a, I know a guy who was completely healthy, you know, great, working out, exercising, running, doing all this stuff. And he got the first vaccine and felt worse than he'd ever felt in his entire life. And this is a person with a way better immune system, way better eating habits than me, felt like absolute dog shit. And, and he even was talking to me, he's like, he's like, you know, it's almost worse than, than getting COVID. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you put it that way, absolutely. So I don't, I don't really see the, I don't really see the point of everybody, you know, and, and that's the other funny thing too, is everybody's been so comfortable to hide in their houses and watch CNN and have their masks on while they're driving, but then, uh, and they don't want to go out in public, but then as soon as this vaccine rolls, oh, hey, let's go, let's go out and do this, 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 roll up my arm for a stranger, da, 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 da. They, they completely go against everything that they've been virtue signaling the entire time. So it's, it's crazy. Um, <clears throat> Ransom man, Kyle here says, my neighbor got the second shot yesterday and said he was throwing up for 12 hours. Throwing up for 12 hours. That doesn't happen normally. I mean, unless you get some crazy food poisoning, but that is nuts. And I, I still, I, I haven't dug into the VAERS data yet. If you're not familiar, you know, the Vaccine Adverse Effect Reaction System website, which is a government website. I'm going to get into there this week and kind of look at what's going on there because that's where anybody, you know, people, physicians, et cetera, can publish um, information about about uh, personal uh, adverse effects of the vaccine. And last, I, and last I heard, there was, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of entries in there. And it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy that they're, that they're, suppressing it in such a way well it's not really suppressing because it's all big pharma it's all billions and billions and billions of dollars but uh oh <clears throat> ransom man again said said he feels amazing today though well that's that's great that's great he uh he purged all like the positive energy out of his system i'm sure so he's just doing great so so yeah so that's a little bit about about the covid about the vaccine stuff all right um I think I've run out of things to talk about. So at this point, I think I'm going to sign off until next time. Um, I'll probably, I'll probably do another live video soon here. Um, if anybody wants to, to join, I would, I would love anybody to join in the future. Once again, my name is conspiracy Kyle. This has been conspiracy in the force live on Instagram and posted after the fact to YouTube uh, Twitter, podcast feed, etc. So um, check it out if you were only able to tune in for a, a, part, a part of it. You know, listen to the whole thing. Maybe the part you listen to is actually the good part and the part you go back to listen to is actually the shitty part. But anyways, just do that. So I'm Conspiracy Kyle. May the force be with you always. Take care, everybody.